Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Twins SB Nation podcast. In the midst of some great Minnesota sports events, the Minnesota Vikings are 0-2, but that doesn't matter because we're going to talk about some great Twins baseball here. Andrew, I got a quick question. Did you have any idea the Twins have not won a postseason game since 2004? Because listening to that ESPN broadcast, you, you'd think that no one's ever heard of that before. Was- you know, I, I think maybe I've heard it somewhere, but uh, the, the broadcast <laughs> and I certainly confirmed it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite line was, Twins fans, close your ears because I know you're tired of hearing this, but, and then proceed to tell the thing, tell us the thing they've been telling us constantly, but, you know, just got to keep it Right, but now that we have a national audience for the first time since 2010, (laughs) we we have to bring up the fact they haven't won a postseason game since before you were alive, Cooper, so. Oh, man. Yeah, let's talk about that. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, this is not true, but. (laughs) It's close close to being true. (laughs) Sad, yeah. I've never been actually watching. I've never been a baseball fan and seen the Twins win a playoff game. Yeah, then also the Twins haven't been on ESPN since 2010. How's that possible? Don't they have a Sunday night baseball game every week? Like that, right? Yeah, I guess it's what is it? What do they call this? The anti-small market bias. I guess you got to be a, a large market team. Right. The two teams playing tonight were the Chicago Cubs and the team playing the Chicago Cubs. It was pretty good. Oh man, it was just. Yeah, it was, it was rough, but that's not what we're here to talk. I just had to get that out of the way. We're here to talk about a kind of good week of baseball for the Twins. They went 1-3 and three against the White Sox, 2-1 and one against the Cubs. We will talk about Josh Donaldson's ejection. Uh, we'll discuss Max Kepler, Jake Lederizzi. Are we worried about them, or is it just whatever? Do we trust Mitch Garver, and is he one of the two players we would bring, the two catchers that the Twins should bring into the playoffs? What do we think of Byron Buxton leading off? And then, of course, we will go into great detail of this potential Yankees playoff series. Because what, why not? It's it's bound to happen, right? It's like I'd say about a 60% chance. I don't know yeah, the numbers, but I'd give it I'm, that. I mean, it's like clockwork at this point, isn't it? Twins, Yankees, postseason. You can, just, you can just take it to the bank. Yeah, they add three more playoff teams and guess for each uh, the, uh What's it called? League. And then <laughs> look at that. Twins are still playing the Yankees. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Pandemic shortened season, social unrest, <laughs> expanded playoffs, 60 games, Twins, Yankees oh, postseason, book it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything going, everything's going right. But yeah, it's all great. Yeah, as I said, the Twins went one and three in perhaps the biggest series of the year. They went play, went into Chicago to play the White Sox. Did not perform. Nothing really went their way at all. Uh, they were shut down by, who was it? Um, just the first two guys, Dylan Cease and, I don't, yeah, I forgot the first pitcher. Dane but, Dunning, Dane Dunning. Yes, Dane Dunning. And then they got the win off Lucas Giolito, of course, because that's how things have been going. But of course. There's just rough series all the way. Cruz was awful. Donaldson was not great until eventually he did get ejected like we're going to talk about but yeah it's the best <laughs> overall 
Yeah, it was. It was a tough series uh, last week when we were on here recording. You know, we we were talking about that upcoming series as, as sort of being the deciding factor in the division. And, and sure enough, it was. It didn't go the Twins' way. They lost three out of four, and the Chicago White Sox have an advantage in the division and are most likely going to win the division. But that's okay, given the way that you know playoffs are structured here in 2020. But it, it is nice to see them bounce back on the north side and take two out of three and beat a really good pitcher today in New Darvish, a guy who has a legitimate chance of winning the AL Cy Young. So they haven't won many games in the road trip, but you know two of the pitchers they did beat are two of the best guys in the league. So at least that's encouraging because that's the arms you're going to face in the postseason. Yeah, weird how that works. And um, the division, I'll just touch on it. The Twins are now, after the win against the Cubs, two back of the White Sox, but the White Sox do own the tiebreaker, so it's essentially... You got to play them by three games from here on out. So basically, the Twins would have to win out to have a solid chance of winning the division. And even then, it's still not like super likely. So it's right. Really they like some, one, right. They would need some help from the White Sox and losing some games on their end. So just don't count to win the division and roll in the playoffs as the four seed or five seed, depending on you know, what happens these last five games here. For sure. Yeah. Twins will play the Tigers, Reds, White Sox will. Play a big series against the Indians, but the Indians don't really have much to play for, so because they're locked into the last seat anyway. So who knows? You know, they're probably White Sox are probably not gonna they're not gonna choke this lead away after playing great for all the first fifty no. four or so games. But yeah, then as you said, they went on beat you Darvish Knights after splitting the first two games, losing one of the games one to zero in just a very strange quick game. Yeah, but. Moving on, uh, we'll talk about the Josh Donaldson ejection. So he gets a strike call. What was it low and outside? And then yes. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't like it. He is. There was one in the first inning too. He didn't like. You know, turns around the ump says, "Yeah, idiot, that wasn't a strike." Hits a bomb on the next pitch. Shows up the ump, flips his bat, puts dirt all over home plate twice. Actually, gets ejected. You know, the whole thing. It was wonderful. I loved it. What What do you think? Did you think it's too much? Shouldn't have done it. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough because ultimately it, you could argue that it did hurt the twins there late in the game when they had Adrianza come in as a substitute for Josh Donaldson and in the game they needed to win. So you'd maybe like to see Donaldson be, I guess, smarter in that situation, but I don't blame him for what he did. And it was highly entertaining and I got quite a good laugh out of it. And then his, com- <laughs> his comments that he made afterward, basically saying there's, there's no accountability for umpires. They seem to not care, you know, and I think that's a very bold statement, and it's a statement that probably should be made. We've seen just in the last road trip alone, granted we have Angel Hernandez on this crew, but it's been some really bad umpiring, and it's kind of all across baseball. And there needs to be more accountability for the umpires. So even though it hurt the Minnesota Twins, I'm on board with what Josh Donaldson did and said. Yeah, his it was in the sixth inning. His spot did come up later in the game. And Ariadrianza kind of misplayed a ball at third that Donaldson maybe would have had, but you know who knows. I had it was, I thought it was a great time seeing seeing Donaldson do all that. It was it was fun. I mean, whatever they lost the game, I guess they'll finish second division now. But I don't think Josh Donaldson's ejection was the deciding factor of whether or not the Twins were going to win that game or you know win the division or anything. It's I'm glad we did it because it's something I'll be able to laugh at for um, uh, you know, years down the road. Yeah, it's just one of those kind of classic moments. I don't know if people remember this one. It's not even Major League Baseball affiliated. I think it was an indie ball. A guy by the name of Brendan Metzger, he got he got ejected, and he runs into the dugout, 
and he grabs the trash can out of the dugout and puts it behind home plate where the umpire is standing. <laughs> and for me, like that is still the best ejection I've ever seen. But what Donaldson did kind of it came close to that, but I still gotta tip my cap to Metzger for putting the trash can behind home plate. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's about as good as it gets. I can't think of anything better. I like to, you know, picking up first base and just leaving with it or something or throwing it <laughs> to the outfield. <laughs> A lot of good things you can do if you get ejected. Oh, yes. Man. So, absolutely. Are you a fan? Okay, so we talked about bad umpiring. Are you a fan of, we haven't talked about this much, uh, robot umpires behind the plate? Oh, man. Um, yes. Although I would prefer to see Major League Baseball add more accountability to umpires and try to work to a situation where we have more consistent calls behind the plate but if we can't get to that situation then absolutely let's go with the robot umpires i'm just curious what that would look like obviously we're not talking like r2d2 behind home plate (laughs) but i'd love that (laughs) that would be kind of great actually have a star wars night at a ballpark umpires r2d2 uh (laughs) but yeah you know i think it's just it's one of those things and this is Maybe not the most popular take on it, but it's just that's the way baseball's been played for centuries is having the guy behind the plate calling balls and strikes. Okay, and old so I, man. I know. I like to, <laughs> I like to see that element still be there, but it needs to be a lot better. And if we can't get again, if we can't get to a situation where the consistency on balls and strikes isn't there and there's no accountability for umpires, if if that situation continues to persist, then yes, we need to come up with a better solution. If that's robo umps, let's do it. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of have a similar take. I don't like it in the sense that it takes away from baseball, but the umpiring is just so awful lately. Like, it's just so clearly not a strike, and it's like, you know, there's sometimes bases loaded, and then and just strike like four inches off the plate. It's like, are you kidding me? This is just not true. Then the guy gets ejected for turning around. It's like, come on. But, oh, man. Yeah. And and that's another really frustrating part about it is you know these umpires they make these awful calls and all the you know all the batter has to do is turn and put his hands up like where was that you get out of here <laughs> and it's, it's right. like what Donaldson was saying where is the accountability for this right absolutely that's their like, livelihood yeah. <laughs> yeah like I don't I guess I don't know what you can do like do you, what can you do to make them more accountable just not put them on the plate or yeah I suppose that's true. Have a grade, have a scorecard for every game. And, you know, if you miss X amount of calls, you get fined or something. Yeah, that's true. I think that, and I think why would, you know, how can you get the umpires to agree to that? You can't, so it's, yeah. The umpires umpires union would have a fit over that. Yeah, yeah, they'd be like, well, no, we're not doing that. And be like, well, all right. (laughs) Yeah, so... I, I do think robo robo umps. It'll be like the umpire behind home plate has an earpiece. Someone upstairs will right, be looking right. at, at where the ball goes. It'll say strike. He'll tell the ump strike. The ump will the ump will still make the call. It'll feel like the same probably, just less bad calls. Yeah, I feel like Angel Hernandez would still somehow screw it up <laughs> if he just goes against it. Like, <laughs> and him and Laz Diaz. <laughs> like, nope, that was not a strike. So obviously, just going against all the calls. Yeah. That would be funny. 
Oh, and then he ejects a robot. <laughs> the guy sitting in the booth upstairs, like <laughs> exactly. Like when yeah, Joe West did like fifty thousand. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like when Joe West did the Nationals GM up at the press. Like, just get out of here. <laughs> like, all right, you're just, now you're just abusing your power. But uh, they'd be great if they kept that up. So oh, that, would be, that would be something else. Anyway. <laughs> I think yeah, we'll, I think maybe it's time for a word from the sponsors. <laughs> Good idea. We'll move on to something else today. So yeah, we'll get a quick word here, and then we'll move on to worried or whatever for this week. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. So we are back. And this week we are going to be talking about Max Kepler. And Jake Odorizzi. Jake Odorizzi is hurt again for the third time. You know, he makes one start, gets to like the sixth inning, and then he's done. Like, is he is he back on the ten day? Did you? Did yeah, you he is. He is. Okay. That, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. And Kepler, we're going to talk about who is just uh, recently reinstated. Yeah, I think they moved um, Odo to the IL to reinstate Garver. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And do you still have the numbers on Kepler since? Because I know he was. I, I do. Yeah, so okay, since since he got came off the IL since September 13th, so it's a small sample size, only 25 plate appearances. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and keep in mind this does not include tonight's game where he had a decent game. He hit the home run and another RBI. Two but going hits against lefties tonight, actually. Yeah, That's going in going into tonight's game since coming off the IL, he is hitting a buck 30 with a 200 OBP, slugging a buck 74 and a WRC plus of two. With and 20, his fielding with, has been awful. Yes. That, that, that throw he made today in tonight's game, <laughs> the Sunday night game, when he tried yeah. to go to third, like it, uh, fortunately it didn't come back to hurt them. They were able to get out of right. the inning. But you'd be, instead of having first and third one out in double play situation, you got second and third one out in a two-run game with a tie and run on scoring, scoring position with one out. You can't make that throw, and that For was sure. definitely frustrating. Uh, but it, at the plate tonight, he did look better. So overall, with Max Kepler, I'm not worried about him. I think it's just kind of whatever. Um, he comes off the IL. He was cold, small sample size. He looked good tonight. I think the talent is still there. It's not like all of a sudden we're talking about a declining player who is no longer in his prime or anything like that. Like He's still in his prime. He's still a very good baseball player. It's just a matter of him clicking, and we only have five games left. But if he can get right, Max is going to do a lot of damage for this team. Not worried about him, just kind of whatever. Would like to see him heat up in here in these last five games. Yeah, so I am worried about him for this year in the sense that I don't think he's going to, this year, in the next five five to, you know, five and then playoffs, I don't think he'll ever get close to what he was doing last year. Like, he just hasn't had a good year overall. He's hitting 205, OBP of 304, not even slugging 400, OPS plus of 90, which is where his career mark was really just hanging out before uh, 2019, which was his only above average year. He has seven homers, uh, eight after tonight, so, but it's just been not a great year overall, and it's just like, 
I don't trust him this season to pick it up and be that guy. I think he's he's not he's not a leadoff hitter you want. He's not the leadoff hitter you want in the playoffs. And I think Rocco Baldelli's actually figured that out. But yeah, I yeah I don't uh, Kepler's not the guy that he was last year for sure. And I don't think he's getting back there until next year, hopefully. That's fair, and we'll uh, we'll touch on leadoff hitters later on in the show. Yeah, but yeah, sure. I, th- I think you're right, but just for the most part, I got Kepler is whatever. Just hope he can get figure something out here in the last five games. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm a little worried, but I know what we're getting out of him is essentially. Um. So then, yeah, moving on to Oda Rizzi, who came in, pitched what did this was he made it to the sixth inning. Uh, yeah, okay, so, yeah, you got into the sixth inning, I think, blister problem, and then he was pulled, well, fingernail blister, and then he was pulled 10-day IL to get Garber back in. It was just, every time he's back, you're like, okay, here's Jake Odorizzi. Last year, he was outstanding for the Twins. He was an all-star for the first time, nearly had a huge payday, would have if he didn't take the qualifying offer. Gotta actually feel bad for him, because if he just tests uh, free agency, then he's getting paid, like, Hyunjin Ryu, Bumgarner, who... Um, I will talk if we had, if you want to talk about Bumgarner, that'd be great, but I'd just pretty much destroy him because he's been awful this year. And I know you love Madison Bumgarner, but he'd get paid like Bumgarner, Ryu, Wheeler, any of those guys. But sadly, he will have to hope that he gets that money this offseason after being hurt three times. And the Twins also have to hope he's ready to go in the playoffs. He's had a rough season, about the worst possible scenario. Yeah, he certainly has had a really tough season and you feel bad for Jake. You know, he kind of took the, the gamble on himself, taking the qualifying offer, and it hasn't necessarily worked out because he hasn't been healthy. Uh, but I do – I mean, his last start prior to the blister issue, he did look really good. He was able to get through six innings. Mm-hmm. And if, if Oda Rizzi can come off the IL and get to the blister situation and be that same guy again, he's, he's in your postseason rotation. Um, and the contract thing, I think maybe it might be a situation where he takes another gamble on himself and he re-signs the Twins on another one-year deal. Because his yeah. value is going to be very low after this year. You see, sure, it's not sure. its not about performance. He just hasn't been on the field to perform. Right, you can't pay him. Yeah. Luckily, it hasn't been elbow or shoulder. It's just been a lot of annoying, nagging injuries. So hopefully they won't linger long-term. Right. For play, I mean, you mentioned he'd be in your playoff rotation. He'd be, I'd assume, your number four, right? Yeah, I'd have to slide him in behind Pineda. Pineda. Prior, yeah. yeah, prior to the injury, I was thinking, you know, maybe he could be three the way he was pitching For that last sure. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he, I want to see him get at innings. least one more start. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of the issue there. So I, I guess in a way I am worried about Jacob Arizzi. I'm not worried about Jacob Arizzi on a performance standpoint. I'm worried about him on a health standpoint is can he be healthy enough to produce on the mound for this team in the playoffs? Because if he is healthy – He's a, he's a very good pitcher. If he makes him a very good team in the postseason, just got to hope he can stay healthy for a postseason run. Because if he is, and you go into a postseason series with Maeda, Barrios, Pineda, Odorizzi, that's a pretty good postseason rotation. Yeah, that, that's, actually, that's certainly really good. It's as, not as A-Rod would put it, a lot of number threes. I think you got Barrios, number, he's a number one in a lot of rotations. Maeda's a number one in uh, you know most rotations for sure. Pinedo and Odorizzi, if Odorizzi is performing, that's the key, of course, but injury-wise, I'm also, but performance, you can't, can you just throw him in there in Yankee Stadium and the play? It helps that there's no fans if they're in Yankee Stadium. Maybe they'll be at home, but you just throw him in there for game four of a playoff series against New York? Well, 
let me ask you this. Would you rather have Jake Odorizzi in game four or Rich Hill or Randy Dobnak? Oh, yeah. But also, there's no rest. Uh, there's no off days. In the, uh, there's none. They, they yeah. may even have to go to a five-man. Man, so you might right. have a situation where Rich Hill is going to start a postseason game anyway. Yeah. Which Rich Hill did remember. look really good. His, he his did last look good. outing. Yep. Yeah, he had but that he's, high he, pitch that's out been there his, in the like, first. first look, he's, it's been like his first one where he's looked really good. So, yes. in a long time. I am. I have no trust in Rich Hill. <laughs> But put, yeah, yeah, no, I don't want, I don't want him in the playoffs. But you're right, that's that's horrible. I forgot about the, the no off days. So yeah, I guess I'm sliding Odorizzi in at four. Hope if he's healthy, maybe backing him up with Hiller Dobnek, and then whoever doesn't that, go, it goes in game five. That was the next thing I was going to say. Is it maybe a situation where it's like a piggyback start where right. Odo starts it, he goes you know three four innings, another guy goes on three four something like that. Yeah. Just got to get healthy. I want to see him get at least one more start before we wrap up the season. Yeah, me, me too, for sure. But then every time every time he comes in, he leaves in the fifth or sixth inning with an injury. It's like, <laughs> Man, it's true. Oh, no, it's, boy. Just, it's, not fair for, it's not fair to him, obviously. But They should have traded for Johnny Cueto when they had the chance, damn it. <laughs> got to find a way to slide that into every episode. <laughs> yes. I, I, I love it. I'm a fan. Oh, I want the, I want the shimmy shimmy in Minnesota, <laughs> all right? I do too, man. Just not for $22 million. Let's no, that's – yeah, that's much. Yeah. Speaking of – while we're on this topic, I'll just ask you, who is your number one, Barrios or Maeda? Because uh, Matt Baskerjan says it's undoubtedly Jose Barrios. Um, I'm going to have to agree with Matt – disagree, pardon me, with Matt Baskerjan. Just the way he's pitched this year, it's really hard to not give the ball to, in game one to anybody not named Kenta Maeda. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I agree. Barrios has Barrios been here, is, tenure, but yeah. And he's pitched really well as of late, which I know, you know, you weren't expecting that, Cooper. But yeah, <laughs> you're right, I was not. He has, yeah, he has pitched well. <laughs> I would feel comfortable with him getting a game right, to start. I just think that given given the way that Maeda's pitched this year, like you have to throw him out there game one. I, and yeah, I don't think I, it's going to hurt Barrios' feelings. <laughs> no, I agree. I think Barrios wants to win. And that's why I, that's another reason I like Barrios is because he wants to win, do what it takes. But, yeah, um, yeah. so, oh, man, it is, it's tough for me because it's one of those situations where, like, Barrios has been here for a while. He – he gets the opening day start next year, too, over Maeda, no matter how well both of them pitch, right. I think. But I guess the playoffs are a different different ball game. you got to throw your best guy out there who's, you know, your number one. you got to win game one. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Maeda. You know, while we're talking about game one, I'm going to just give you another little Giants history. So, yeah. in 2012 World Series, the Giants threw out Barry Zito to toe up against Justin Verlander in game one of the World Series. Barry really? Zito. Yeah, and Barry Zito carved up the Victor Martinez, Prince Fielder, Miguel Cabrera Tigers with an 84-mile-an-hour yeah. fastball. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he have, like, a good run in the playoff series one time? Or He did that... in 2012, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, you know, that's just how things go. Right. Yeah, be Jake, this year's Jake Oder, is he? Or Rick Hill <laughs> yeah, with maybe, the 84-mile-an-hour fastball. Maybe it will be. <laughs> So uh, I guess the moral, the moral of that story is, yeah, the game one starter, it matters. But, you know, any competent big league pitcher can get the job done. I'd like to see Maeda to get game one. But, again, not mad if a Rios gets it. Yeah, you, yeah you, the way you phrased it earlier, it's like um, the Twins do have two guys. Not that, you know, last year was Odorizzi, Barrios, um, 
it was a different situation because neither of them were like great. They were both, you know, good, but not great. Like Maeda and Brios, who has like a 317 ERA since his first start, I think something like that. So he's been really good too. It's like this year's different because you have two great pitchers instead of just, okay, can we use our offense only to get past the Yankees? And as we found out, that didn't work. So this year, the Twins actually have a couple really good starters that might be able to, who knows, push them past the Yankees. How dare I say that, but you never know. Yeah, and the bullpen as well. Do, do we yeah, want to talk sure. about catchers and who who would catch yeah, yeah, carry yeah. into the postseason? We'll yep. So, yeah. Just move, we'll talk about the Yankees later. I just got to squeeze that part in because how can you not talk about the Yankees in every single segment, right? So <laughs> Mitch Garber has returned. He's looked pretty good he's had actually some really good swings he's hit the ball fairly hard um but ryan jeffers has in garbage return basically been benched and avila has been the number two so going into the playoffs i know you, you don't you don't like garber at all if you could eliminate one person from the mlb it'd be mitch garber but no. <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't take it that far <laughs> no i'm just kidding but yeah if you can they might end up just taking three because I think the playoff rosters are 28 guys. But if you could only take two, would it be, well, would it be Garver Avila or, you know, who would it be Jeff out of Jeffers Avila, Garver? Um, probably Garver and Jeffers. I, I like oh, wow. Avila for the left-handed, you know, matchup there. But I, on the posters, I can't necessarily see them. I mean, I guess you might use some matchup situations yeah, like that. But it's not, it's, it's not like Avila's really had – amazing platoon spits, splits. He hasn't hit all that well. He did in the beginning of the year, but he's really cooled off. And Jeffers has been swinging the bat really well. I liked what he's done. He's been a part of this team, and he's had some big moments. That's They clinched the postseason, you know, and, and Ryan Jeffers is a part of that, as is Alex Avila. But I just – I would like to see Garver and, and Ryan Jeffers being the catching tandem in the postseason. I would bring Avila and Garver. I think Avila, he's got the lefty. He's... Okay good fielder he got he's a veteran he's been you know i hate to say you know they've got a playoff experience but avila's old he's been around and ryan jeffers is his first year he has i don't know i don't i don't not throwing him in against the new york yankees and a huge playoff series for the twins i'm i'm bringing avila and garber garber i i and garber i it's hard to trust him right now i'd love i really am excited to see this last week from him see what he can do and then uh, just Avila, I think he's going to be in there either way, no matter who their other guy is. So, right. yeah. And it's I very the possible twins, they end up yeah, carrying the three. Yeah, I think the Twins three. will include Avila. Okay. Yeah. But, man. yeah, they could just include all three for sure. The, uh, Garver had an at-bat in today's game. I believe it was the first inning, and bases were loaded, and I think there was one or two outs. And I remember kind of thinking to myself, this is a huge at-bat for Mitch Garver. You know, I want to see him come mm-hmm. through, and sure enough, he strikes out. <laughs> and I just I have such little confidence in Mitch Garver right now, but I think that he's just going to be on the roster because he's healthy and they believe in his ability. I yeah. Just, uh... <laughs> Mitch Garver's your I guy, wa- man. <laughs> I want to see him get going. Like hopefully he can figure something out here the last five games. You know, also, I say I, something about Barrios struggling. He goes out and has a, one of the best seasons of his life. You say something about Garber struggling, and he gets hurt for 40 days, comes back and strikes out the bases loaded. <laughs> it's not really fair. <laughs> it's really not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a tough situation right now with, with the catching. And, and, again, I just think that Ryan Jeffers has done enough this year to, to 
prove his worth and prove that he's good enough to be on a postseason roster. Yeah, all right. He's he's been their best hitting catcher all year. <laughs> it's weird. It's oh man. Also, it's been like sixty games only. So how much can you really take from? How much has Jeffers played? Like probably like twenty five, if that. Yeah. So I mean, the the man has a one thirty two WRC plus. I suppose, but he's also a rookie in his first, you know, first ever major league season. Jump into Yankee Stadium, go hit a baseball. Like, all right, it's, no one else can do it. Why, why is Ryan Ryan Jefferson is twenty three games played? I don't trust him. So, I don't know. Maybe the Twins do. I don't. I'd get Garver and Avila. Jeffers has got many years ahead of him. So, so you would uh, you you're, you're going to take Mitch Garver and his 32 OPS plus over Ryan Jeffers and his 131 OPS plus? You're damn right, I am. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I agree to I agree to disagree on that one. I guess. <laughs> hey, by the end of the week, Garver's going to get that up to 60. 60 to 70, so... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. Keep your eyes out. Yeah. And Some positive yeah. regression from Mitch Garver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard it first from Cooper Carlson. I'm, I've got a feeling. He had a couple balls hard today. He's going to keep it going. He's going get, to get that up. <laughs> now, what about the leadoff situation with Buxton? For sure, for sure. So, yeah, just the last... Not today. They did not play Buxton today. He got a day off. But the two games before that, surprisingly, Rocco made a move. Uh, Byron Buxton was leading off. And that one game, one of those games included Max Kepler in the lineup. So that wasn't just like a temporary thing it didn't look like. It looked like Baldelli was saying, all right, this is what we're going to do. Kepler's moving down. Polanco's moving down. I was glad to see Polanco in the eighth spot because he has had a bad year. Like Max Kepler's yes. had a pretty bad year, but Polanco has just not recovered. And I don't think he's going to. I was glad to see him move down. And Buxton deservedly finally got to move up. We actually, a couple of weeks ago, talked about him moving up, didn't we? We did. Um, we did talk about him. And I kind of said I'd like to see him hit leadoff. And at the time, you know, I said he's, he's not a great OBP guy, this, that, and the other, which is true. People mm-hmm. look at Byron's speed and they think, oh, he's a leadoff guy because he's fast. It doesn't always right. work that way. But with a team that's been struggling offensively, and since August 30th, but oh, Byron yeah. Buxton is hitting 340 three, with a 353 OBP. He's slugging 800 and a 205 WRC+. Plus. <laughs> when a guy's swinging the bat that well, you got to get him more at-bats. Yeah, that's just a few points higher than Kepler's uh, OPS of t- or WRC+, plus of two since return. Just a little bit past week, Just a little bit. Right. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Moving Kep down and Buxton up was an excellent choice, and I'm very glad. Baldelli did that, and on his first at bat in the leadoff spot, Buxton ripped a leadoff single, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, I don't know if he hit it hard. Actually, I wasn't watching, but I checked on the at bat. I have some. I don't know if "ripped" is the correct word to use, but we're rolling with it. Well, again, since August thirtieth, his average exit velocity is ninety four point one. That's true. Yeah, so he's been doing really obviously well. really well and deserved to move up. And if the Twins can actually get into a playoff series with him fully healthy, like in twenty seventeen. The wildcard game. I think he got hurt during the game. 2019, yeah. did, was he playing? I don't remember. I think no, he, he, also he, got hurt. he didn't play because of the shoulder. Right. We rolled, with, we rolled with Max Kepler in center field. I yeah, think Eddie, so. was, Eddie was in right field, too. I think he was in left. Yep, yep. Sounds about right. So, man, yeah, if the Twins can get into a playoff series with Byron Buxton actually fully healthy, that increases their chances to win by just, you know, a lot because he changes the game completely when he's out there. 
getting he does. healthy is the key. And I, after, I don't know the exact record if I can find it somewhere, but you just look at the Twins' record over the last couple of years when Byron Buxton's been in the lineup versus when he hasn't. Like he's a clear difference maker. Yeah, it was something like, I don't know for sure. I'm just spitballing. It's like, like 106 or 32. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then like 47 <laughs> and 45 when he doesn't play, basically. So Right. Yeah, it's, it's just so obvious. So getting in the playoffs with Buxton healthy, Kepler healthy and hopefully hitting, Donaldson now healthy, maybe Mitch Garver performing. Who knows? I don't know about that. But And then a full rotation, full five in the rotation. It's like twins are lucky with injuries here. And looks like the Yankees are getting healthy too. But yeah, yeah it's getting the, the two teams full strength. Who wins? And, yeah. Josh, and Josh Donaldson's been swinging about well himself. Right. I mean, I feel like he's kind of been slept on for some reason this year. Because yeah, he missed he some time. Has. But I mean, like you look at in 2019, he slugged 521. He's slugging 507 right now. His WRC plus in 2019 was 132. It's 133 right now. His average exit velocity is right on there with his career normal. The average yeah. is down, but you don't really pay Josh Donaldson yeah, to hit for a high average. You pay him <laughs> to hit doubles and home runs, and he's slugging right. over 500. So he's doing a great job, and he's got for an sure. OBP over 350. So Josh Donaldson's doing what the Minnesota Twins are paying him to do. So if you yeah, if you got Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson at the top of your lineup, that's pretty darn good. And then your rotation with Maeda, Barrios, Pineda, Odorizzi, whoever it ends up being, the Twins, they have a good team going to the postseason. Just hope that your guys like Max Kepler and Polanco and Garver can figure something out in the last five games here. For sure. Um, I'll pose this question to you. Do, you. do you feel better about this 2020 Twins team going into the playoffs than you did about the 2019 team going into the playoffs? I felt better about the 2019 team. Yeah. I, I think there's... I'm trying to remember how I felt, because I know at the end I was like, why did I ever feel good about that? But <laughs> <laughs> typical, typical Minnesota sports fan. Um, <laughs> you know, I think with the 2019 team, like obviously we had a longer season, so you kind of got to right. see more of their strengths and weaknesses and the offensive you know output they had had. There were some current concerns about the pitching staff going into the postseason last year, and I think the, the pitching staff is certainly better in 2020, but there are still a lot of holes in the offense, and even though they have all of these elite hitters, they haven't really been the offensive powerhouse we had expected. Uh, if if Kepler, Garver, and Polanco can figure something out in these last five games and, and get on some sort of hot streak, then I will feel a hell of a lot better about this team going into the postseason than I do right now. I was just saying that yeah, I feel better about the 2019 Minnesota Twins going to the postseason than I do the 2020 Twins. I think the 2020 team has a better pitching staff than what we had in 2019, but the offense hasn't produced at the same level which there's some concern there. And like I've said probably way too many times on this show here tonight, I just want to see Garver, Kepler, and Polanco figure something out these last five games, show some sort of life with the bat, a little bit of a hot streak. If we can just get those three guys going along with how well Byron Buxton's playing and how well Josh Donaldson's been playing, and then Miguel Sano, even though he got the golden sombrero tonight, Miguel Sano's still been a very good hitter for the Twins this year. So if you just, again, if you add a good hitting Kepler, Garver, and Polanco to Buxton, Donaldson, Sano, Cruz, even Eddie, with the pitching staff, now you're looking at a very dominant team. But it's just a matter of getting those last three pieces to fall into place going right. into the postseason. Right, for sure. 
for me, it's like, I think I feel better this year just because in a five game series, you're bound to get more lucky or not in a five or in, in like a yeah best of three series in a best of three. So it's like, and the twins, they're due for a playoff win or two, right? I mean, come on. It's yeah, how so long much. has it been again? Yeah. You, you, you got to watch CSPN. You got to ask Ken Rosenthal. I'm not quite sure, but um, <laughs> it's, it, oh, geez. Like they're due. It's it's no longer about stats for me, man. It's just you gotta get lucky and you gotta win one playoff game. I mentioned this a week ago. When you win one, the floodgates open, I think, and you you win a few more. Who knows? You're in the World Series, boom, just like that. You gotta win one game, though. That's all. I'm, you you gotta do yeah, it. Man. It just it starts with again. one. Yeah, especially. Good... Yeah, sorry. I mean, I, this uh... is a very stupid point I'm gonna bring up, but especially with the playoff shirts the Twins are wearing called Respect Minnesota. You gotta win a playoff game every twenty years to wear those shirts, man. That is a good point. <laughs> like, there's not much I hate the shirts. When, when you haven't won a game since my co-host was in diapers. <laughs> so, I think it's a good segue to talk about you know potentially playing the Yankees in the postseason. I, you know, there's just granted I'm relatively new to this Yankees Twins saga of postseason too, dominance. True. Um, <laughs> but I just think there's so much made of this, and it's like unnecessary. It's just this narrative of the Yankees are daddy and the Twins can't <laughs> beat the Yankees. And it's like sickening to continue to hear this narrative being peddled. Just because of what's happened in years past doesn't mean that Jose Barrios or Kenta Maeda is going to take them out facing the Yankees, going, Oh my God, the Twins haven't beat the Yankees in so long. I better not screw up. Like, no, he's going to go out there and compete and, and face the Yankees. And if the Yankees win, it's because they're a better team. It's not because there's some curse <laughs> the Twins can't beat the Yankees. But, yes, I would like to see them for – well, yeah, I want to see them win a postseason game for more than just beating the Yankees. But I just want them to beat the Yankees so people just stop talking about this Twins-Yankees postseason narrative. It's frustrating. You want to know who else was saying it's not a curse? Nelson Cruz in 2019. Want to know what happened? Okay, he got Nelson smoked. Cruz hit a he hit he hit a home run at Yankee Stadium. That's what he did. Oh, yeah, right. so. yeah. Well, last year they said the same thing. You know, oh, it's you know that was the team two decades ago. Nothing matters. You know, we'll go, we'll go give it our best. Maybe we'll, nope, they got swept. They got destroyed three games in a row. It wasn't even close. <laughs> so it's it, it, it's 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 too soon. Okay. Yeah, it's. <laughs> but man, this year it's gonna be different, right? It's gonna be different. I mean. Maybe there's 18. It's a whole different, whole different playoff structure. Maybe this year and a whole different team. I gotta remember that they got Donaldson, they got Maeda, they got Buxton. Maybe this year I will, they go out and win. Right, and then another thing I'll say too, I think that while people may argue that home field advantage isn't an advantage in 2020, given you know the elements, but it certainly has been for the Minnesota Twins. They've yeah. played significantly better at home. Their road home splits are like eye popping. Right. So if they if they have the higher seed, so hopefully I think these last five games will be important because if they can get that four seed and they have that wild card series at home here at Target Field, that's a huge advantage for them. If they have to go on the road to the Bronx, I don't like the chances. And it's not about oh playing in Yankee Stadium, how scary. No, it's just about the Twins play better at home. So whether right. they're playing the Yankees or the Rays or the A's or whoever it is, I would rather that series be at home. Yes, so the Twins have the best home record in baseball this year, actually, and I think they're exactly. like two and seventeen in Yankee Stadium all time. Does that make sense? When did Yankee Stadium open again? 
I don't know. It was recent, like the, kind the of new, recently, right? Yeah, the new Yankees say not the house yeah. that Ruth built. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, they're like two and seventeen there all the time. They're not good there, and it's you know I'd much rather play them at home if they play in Yankee Stadium. Their chances to win decrease. That's just a fact. So if Twins can not, they don't have to win out, but if they can outplay the Yankees till the end of the season here and grasp the four seed, Yankees fall in five. I I. I, I like the Twins' chances to win the playoff series against New York at home. On the road, uh, oh, I don't absolutely. like it. Right, yeah. On the road, different I, story. I like their chances to win any postseason series at home against any team. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, once we get through the wild card, it's going to be in that bubble situation, and then you know, God knows what's going to happen with that. But again, yeah, just getting that wild card series at home, whether it's against the Yankees or the Blue Jays or whomever it is, is going to be imperative for the Twins to get out of that first round. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's just, man, the bubble's going to be weird because I guess neither team will, at that point will have home field advantage. So that's different. So it's, it's The bubble's weird. The players hate it. Everyone hates it. The players talk about how it sucks and they didn't know what's going on on their own because MLB sucks at figuring things out, as we saw with them not even figuring out if they were going to play a season this year. But, yeah, the bubble. Yeah, I mean, the Twins hopefully will make it there. Yeah, I hope so. they do. And just getting this series at home is really going to help them in getting past that first round. If they have to go on the road, I don't feel good about the chances. I hope they can play well here against Detroit and Cincinnati, finish the season strong, go like four and one on this upcoming homestand. Or is it it's only five games? Yeah, it's five games. Yeah, so four and one. Finish hot, finish strong. Go into postseason on a roll, get that home field, get out of the wild card, and then anything can happen in this bubble tournament style thing we have going on. Right. So stay healthy, try to heat up, get some wins for the playoffs, and hope you win the playoffs. So I have here's yeah. a. I know we're, we're we're wrapping it up here. I have a quick right. question for you, Cooper. With what with how well Buxton's been playing and the injury history of him and the Twins mm-hmm. never really having him healthy for the postseason. Would you rest Buxton quite a bit here this last stretch? No, because you need home field advantage. Okay, that's fair. One, yeah. Once you secure that, if you can secure it in the next you know, few days, it, by the time you secure it, then you rest Buxton until game one of the playoffs. Yes, yeah, it, that makes yeah, sense. That makes I sense. just I just want to keep him healthy. Me but at the same time, too, you don't, you don't yeah. want him to go cold. You can't you be that cautious with a player either. It's like... He got, he's also got to, you know, stay healthy on his own. It shouldn't, yeah. Twins shouldn't have to babysit him that much, you know. Right. I guess the only time it makes sense is if they end up having a big lead and get them out in the right. fifth or sixth yeah, inning, yeah, yeah. situations like that, yeah. Yeah, and then just regular off days like he was out today makes sense too. I mean, right. I guess there'd only be really time for one more, I suppose. But Well, they have to actually, you know what, they have two more off days built into the schedule. True. They're exactly. They're off tomorrow on a Monday. And they have Thursday off as well, so they have you know at least two more days off, so that should help 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 them too. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's what I do. So that's that's pretty much all I got. You got anything else? No, that's all I got. Just looking for uh, looking forward to a nice, hopefully a good week of, of baseball here. Um, it's kind of bittersweet when we only got five games left in the regular season, and it feels like you know baseball is kind of being <laughs> taken away from us too early, but. Uh, that is 2020, and, and just looking forward to, to watch some good baseball, seeing this team get it clicking here, and then and going to the postseason, feeling good about themselves. For sure. Next week, we'll be talking at the season end, actually. We'll be, it'll be a playoff-exclusive episode, so that should be fun. See you next week. Yeah, have a good night.